Please stand while the gospel is being read. The gospel is from Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. At that very time, there was some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, that they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. A word of God that is still speaking. Thanks be to God. Let us be in a spirit of prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our strength and our salvation. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, Speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. I hear this scripture, these words of Jesus, this parable, this parable of the fig tree, and I am reminded of God's words through the prophets, first in Deuteronomy, when God says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of those who would harm you, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. God will not leave you or forsake you. In our parable, the man says, cut down that fig tree that has offended us. And the gardener, God, says instead, let's dig around it and put manure on it. Let's care for it and cultivate it. God will not leave you or forsake you. And this promise of God is repeated throughout the Bible by many prophets and singers and disciples and Jesus himself. God will not leave or forsake you. God will not leave or forsake you. 
In Joshua, in Isaiah, many times in Isaiah, God will not leave you or forsake you. In 1 Peter and Matthew and 1 Chronicles and 1 Kings and Psalms, God will not leave you or forsake you. And 1 Samuel and Hebrews, many, many, many times in Hebrews, God will not leave you or forsake you, no matter what. Not even if you're a fig tree that bears no fruit. What about you? Are you like the gardener who gives the fig tree one more chance, one more year? Are you like God who forgives God who will never leave or forsake us. That's my style of gardening for sure. I have a lot of house plants and even keep some in a room to nurse them back to health when they aren't especially pretty anymore. I hang on to Christmas poinsettias and Easter lilies for months on end, as long as they have any life in them at all. I know that God loves what God has created and I cherish that creation, always giving further opportunities for growth, always appreciating every single moment of growth and fragrance and beauty. I remember one time when Jim was shoveling off of the roof of our home, the snow, he was taking off all of that heavy, heavy snow because we were worried in that year that it would cause a problem with the roof. And the logical place for the snow wasn't over this side where the cars were, over the back side where the dogs used, but it was over this side. So that's where he sent it. And he sent this huge, heavy clump of wet snow careening over the side of that roof right onto an azalea that I had planted that year. The azalea split in two, and it seemed like it was the end. But rather than believing that it was the end for that azalea, like this gardener, I cared for it, and I nurtured it, and I tied it together during those last bits of the winter months. And then when the springtime came and the buds were obviously trying to come through, I cared for it and cared for it some more, and I trimmed away the dead places. I helped it to thrive. I put some fertilizer around it. I cared for it. And it was horseshoe shaped. <laughs> it, was, it came up like this and it went around like this. But that didn't stop it from growing the most beautiful, fragrant flowers. And eventually I transported it. I transplanted it safely to the other side of the yard far away from the house, <laughs> where you can still see it thriving. It's still there this day, with a little bit of a horseshoe-shaped frame to remind me of the healing that was caused as the result of that catastrophe. It shares its beauty and fragrance and nourishment for the bees and the butterflies in all its glory as God's creation, all because it was given a second chance. Our topic today is that lots of things can be medicine. In our scripture, we see that getting rid of the offending tree isn't the only course of action. The gardener, whom we understand to be God, gives it a second chance, a different kind of medicine. There is more than one way to handle the situation that for some might seem hopeless. When we are facing adversity, God does not leave or forsake us. 
When we are facing illness, God does not leave or forsake us. In the midst of COVID, God does not leave or forsake us. In this time, today, in this time of war and rumors of war, God does not leave or forsake us, and neither should we leave or forsake each other. We are in a time of intense stress from COVID's effects on society and intense political divisiveness. These stressors seem to have the world on edge, ready to jump into conflict or to jump ship. It's far too easy to write your adversary off. But God actually calls us into relationship with each other, even especially when it isn't easy. Mother Teresa is credited with saying that if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. Yesterday, Wesley was host to the wedding of Ophelia and Bobby Barglore. Not only did the couple pledge their love to each other, but the friends and family that were gathered together as witnesses pledged to love and support the couple too. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. In much the same way, we will all promise together to support those that we will baptize on Easter. Our baptismal vows are an initiation into the church, into the church of Christ, the body of Christ, the church in which all of us, each of us, are called to teach and love and support each other, even especially when it gets tough. This afternoon, many of us will remain after Sunday worship for the funeral of a beloved choir member, Dick Hart. We will be here to honor his memory, but also to love and support his family and each other in our shared grief. It's easy to love each other for better and for richer and in health, but the tough part is supporting each other for worse and for poorer, in sickness and in death. But we are the beloved of love. We have been taught by Jesus Christ to forgive, to be people of reconciliation, to lean into those difficult times by being present to one another. Like the gardener with a fig tree, to give another chance. Think about that fig tree and the judgment about whether it's worthy even of existence. Marcia McPhee shares the story that every time she takes a walk in her neighborhood, she goes by the neighbor's fig tree that lives out at the border of her extensive front garden. And usually the neighbor is out there tending that garden. The truth is that successfully nurturing anything takes time and patience and knowing what each kind of plant needs for flourishing. That brings us back to the concept of repentance and worthiness, which is what this passage is about in our worship series, Good Enough, seeking out a different kind of medicine, a different solution. What author Walter Wink, in his book called Engaging the Powers, discusses as Jesus' third way. Wink says 
human evolution has provided the species with two deeply instinctual responses to violence, and I would add conflict, and those are fight or flight. But Jesus offers a third way, nonviolent direct action. Wink goes on, the classic text is Matthew 5, verses 38 through 42. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I, Jesus, say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. I don't know. I don't know about this Jesus. Fight or flight, fight or flight sounds a lot easier than turning the other cheek. You really want me to give up my cloak when they've already taken my coat? I'm not sure I have the strength to go a second mile when I've already gone the mile already. No one said being a Christian was easy. It can be the hardest thing in the world to forgive someone who's done wrong. But who among us hasn't done wrong? I certainly have made mistakes. I've done things I'm not proud of. But I also know we worship a God of forgiveness who forgives me and forgives you and who calls us to forgive one another. Forgive that friend in high school who stole your sweetheart. Forgive that family member who loudly exclaims that your politics are for the birds at Thanksgiving. And when you can't, when you can't, please know that God has forgiven that person and is working in both of you with a spirit of reconciliation no matter how long it takes, no matter how hard it is. Oftentimes when someone treats us poorly, something else is going on something in their lives that's painful, something difficult, something completely hidden from our view and our understanding. They may even need more than forgiveness. They may need your empathy. Please watch this video with me. It's from the Cleveland Clinic, and it's about empathy. It shows the things that people are enduring, things that can't be seen from the outside.
Such a powerful message. Such an important reminder. The author of our devotional book for our worship series, Good Enough, Kate Bowler, writes a devotional for this week called Kindness Boomerangs. In it, she shares the quote, Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle, by Ian McLaren. Kate Bowler goes on to share her story. She says, My parents have a wonderful tradition I didn't learn about until I was an adult. Every year on their anniversary, they would go out to dinner to celebrate. But it isn't just dinner they look forward to. They begin to scope out the room, reading the body language of their fellow diners. Once they pick their target, they conspire with the waiter. See that irritable couple over there? The ones not talking to each other at all? We want to pay for their meal and be out of the restaurant before they ask for the bill so that it's totally anonymous. Usually the waiter joins them in their sly glances and big grins and promises to let them know what the couple's order will be. They inevitably ask, do you do this often? My parents smile. It's tradition. There's something about this type of kindness that reverberates. Not only is it something my parents look forward to each year, the waiters get in on it. And hopefully the person on the receiving end bumps their toes on goodness for a change. It is a strange kind of magic. It feels good to be kind, even when it's done in secret, even when no one says thank you, even when it isn't asked for or expected. A little kindness goes a long way in those circumstances where people are lashing out because they're hurting inside, experiencing unseen things like we saw in that video. Kindnesses are another kind of medicine, a balm for our soul. They aren't the operation that provides the cure, but they may be the aspirin that helps the pain in the moment. A friend told me about a number you can call to hear children giving sweet, encouraging words this week. And later I mentioned it to another friend who said it had been on the news recently. So maybe you've heard of it. It's not a scam, and it's a lot of fun. You can call them Kids Pep Talk at 707-998-8410. It's pretty wonderful. It's yet another kind of medicine if you don't currently have a toddler of your own. In our scripture today, when asked whether the Galileans or their Jerusalemites who perished were worse than the others as a reason for their demise, Jesus says a flat-out no. But Jesus also reminds us that the right conditions for thriving must be met, and those right conditions are right relationship with self and with neighbor. What medicine do we need to help what ails us to turn us around? Repentance and a contrite heart are the balm to heal our souls, and they are exactly what we are called to during this time of Lent. Perhaps it's time to try something different. Perhaps it's time to try Jesus' third way, not flight, not fight but rather remembering if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other, but rather standing up for each other as the beloved of God, God who is love itself. 
just the way that our newlyweds promised yesterday afternoon to stick by one another for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. God will never leave or forsake you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen.